Okay, so hello to each person who is listening to this breakout session, which is called Mothering Adult Women. My name is Rhonda Began, and I'm here with my two daughters, Jalen Harrell and Lexi Began. Hi! Good to be here with you guys. Hello! And if you can imagine, we're sitting here with our coffee and our water bottles, and each is a gradient of like teal. <laughs> so we're kind of laughing that we all love blue and everything. So, but we are three very different women, even though we all love Starbucks and we all love blue, obviously. <laughs> Um, so I wanted you to get to know us a little bit. If you can imagine us, we're sitting here uh, just kicking back. It's a beautiful day. And so um, I want each of the girls to just introduce themselves. Jalen, why don't you start us off? Sure thing. So I am the oldest of the two sisters. I am 28. I have a husband. His name is Josh Harrell. We met at this church, actually. Um, and it's a long story from that, but we have two boys, um, Landon, who's five, and Declan, who's three, so I have my hands full. Um, they are a joy, though, and we've been married for, oh, God, eight years now. It's officially eight years this last May. Feels like it's flown by, <laughs> but I'm also an extrovert, so I'm very, um, you'll learn that my sister and I are very different. <laughs> I am an extrovert at heart. I got my mom's spunk, for those of you who know my mom, I got her spunky personality, her leadership personality from both of my parents, and um, I actually use that in the job that I do. So I actually, for my profession, I'm a health coach. I help people get healthy in their body, mind, their finances. And I love what I get to do. I love helping people develop themselves. I found such a passion for that myself. And I actually use it as my ministry now. And it is so fulfilling, so life-giving. And um, it's a big piece of where I'm at today and my mom and I's relationship. Because when we were growing up, it was, in my opinion, it was really strange. Um, we were very similar personalities. We would butt heads a lot. For those of you who have like maybe daughters that you're butting heads with. Uh, we would butt heads a lot, and uh, I think it was just because we were so similar. And now my relationship with my mom is, is so close. She's the, sometimes I think I tell you more things than maybe you probably need to know. <laughs> but, um, but it's been really cool to see our relationship change over time as I've been an adult and see us grow together. Okay, Lexi? Yeah, um, so I'm Lexi. I'm the youngest. I'm 26. Um, I'm... Like Jalen said, much more introverted, although I've gotten a lot more extroverted as time has gone on. Uh, working at Starbucks will do, it, do that to you. Um, and I'm single. I have two cats. One is three and one is one. <laughs> and I love my cats. Um, I love art. I um, am really passionate about digital art and uh, design, drawing, painting. Um, love doing crafts. Sometimes I teach little classes on how to do really simple DIY type things, and I'm a huge nerd. I love anything comic book, movie, video game related, just all that stuff. Um, definitely, definitely, I would say closer to my dad's personality than my mom's. We're both a little bit more reserved, but we're both, we both get really into whatever we like. Um, I went to George Fox University here in Oregon, and I have a bachelor's in film and animation, and I currently work as a motion graphics designer for a company in Portland. And um, a lot of my story has to do with my struggles with anxiety throughout my life, and a lot of that comes out as social anxiety or performance anxiety, just a lot of different things that um, 
that have caused me a lot of roadblocks, but it's been really fun after the fact <laughs> to navigate that and see how God has been using that in my life to help out other people and to learn even throughout our whole family. Um, my relationship with mom has always been fairly close, uh, even though our personalities are so different. Um, and maybe that's why. Exactly. It's almost like the opposites attract. Um, but we've had to learn a lot about my mental illness and how we interact with each other through that. And so um, they're amazing. I love them both. Mm. Um, I was born and raised in northern Alberta in Canada. Yay, Canadians who are listening. Um, I am the youngest of two girls. and uh, My sister, who is the oldest, we both had two girls. And so we were a family of girls for a long time. Um, side note, now we have six grand boys, and so now we're learning. Someone's got to break the chain. I know. We're letting <laughs> break the chain. It's up to me now. Yes. There's only one more left of babies. Um, but what, I need a session for how to raise boys because it's really foreign to us. Um, I am an extrovert, although as I age, I'm finding I have more introvert tendencies now. So um, I'm married to my husband, Mark, and we've been married for over 30 years now. Um, Jalen and Lexi were born only 16 months apart, which was not my plan. And it was really challenging at first. We also, six weeks after Lexi was born, moved to Portland from Canada. And uh, it did get easier, but um, the great thing is they were good friends growing up where they played with the same toys. And um, they, even though they said they fight, they really didn't fight that much. It was more bickering than yes, fighting. Yes, more bickering. Um, I was trained to be a teacher, but um, I only taught for a couple years and then ended up uh, being called into full-time ministry, which was a shock to me. And the girls were in preschool about that time. It's something I never thought I would do. And so my husband, Mark, and I are both pastors at Rolling Hills Church in Tualatin, which is a suburb of Portland, Oregon. I uh, have deemed myself a control enthusiast, um, which means I'm a control freak. <laughs> but um, enthusiast sounds so much better. Uh, and I didn't really it's realize the It is. <laughs> I didn't really realize this until Jay Lynn was heading into adulthood, about 17 years old. That's when she and I really, she was forming her independence, and we really started butting heads. And I realized a lot of it was me, um, not willing to release the control um, over to her and her life. Um, and I'm a leader and a take-charge person, so there's some great things about that. You can see how Jalen and I are very similar, um, but also it can create conflict. I love cooking, I love canning, I love gardening, and I love hanging with my family. Um, and my relationship with my mom was really good. We're actually very similar in personality, but um, she's somebody I've always, uh, she's a, a lot of what I've learned and what we talk about today are things she's taught me. So um, so that's a little bit about all of us and mm -hmm. kind of as women and as um, moms or being a mom. So something else you need to know about us, we are not experts. I am. <laughs> I don't know about you. You're an expert at being an adult, adult daughter. Um, we are here just to share our journey, especially um, our learnings, or especially my learnings, and even my mistakes. Uh, we also want to create a space for understanding and growth. So we want to acknowledge that not everybody's at the same spot. My girls are both at really good places in their life. You might be approaching this, coming to this as a mother where your kids aren't at a good spot. And so keep listening. Um, and we're going to also give you some resources, but I do think these are simple, what we're going to unpack are simple things that you can use as a mom 
that will help you and hopefully help you guys grow together and learn to um, still parent as an adult, but parent and give them freedom. Mm -hmm. So um, at our time together, uh, as you're listening, the girls are going to share some things that I did that helped them in maturing as teens and adults and some things I didn't do well or the things I'm still working on um, as we continue to learn together. Um, and I'm also going to share some nuggets that I feel God has taught me during, uh, throughout my time of being a mom, especially as they hit teenage years and, and on. Uh, we prepared a list of resources that we're going to refer to from time to time, and it contains some books, some support groups that we feel are have been helpful for us, um, and we encourage you with further reading, um, as well as classes and organizations that can provide support. Often what we need is come to come alongside a group of people going through the same thing and unpack some stuff. So all of these resources are going to be in a PDF where you've um, gone on to listen to these different sessions. There'll be PDFs attached as well. Um, it also includes a way to contact us. So if you have questions or you uh, might want to interact, we're all open to that. So um, when we think of mothering adult women, that's such a loaded title. Um, so I thought it'd be good to share a couple of things to give us a framework um, for our time together today. First of all, what's an adult? Well, for the sake of our time, we really want to look as an adult as 14 and on. Your children are maturing, and so, um, especially young women, they're maturing earlier than men. And so you want to start this process of viewing your children as adults much earlier than 18. Um, and... Uh, they're really, I mean, I saw Jaylen especially wanting to insert independence 15, 16, and especially at 17 as she began to prepare to go off to college. So um, the other thing um, is, as our goal is as parents to create a learning environment for our 14-year-olds on, we want to allow our children to make decisions, to learn to live with the consequences, learn from their mistakes, which means they've got to make some mistakes and um, have a lot of discussion that's open and that you're listening and not just dictating what they do. And hopefully this will help launch them as much as it depends on you into being a successful functioning adult. So that's what's an adult. Okay, the other thing is you're never done being a parent. Your role changes, but um, you can and should have a healthy and important role in your adult's, adult child's life if they let you. Um, also, you're never done being a learner. We never arrive. So if we can have a posture of learning as uh, parents, that's always good. And then fourth, um, how you were parenting affects how you parent. Our family of origin has such a strong influence on how we approach parenting. So it's important to make sure that you unpack your own family of origin with classes or counseling, um, and we list some resources for that later. And if you feel you weren't parented well, then you really need to do the work to reparent yourself first, because a lot of that will help you be a better parent. So, okay, with all that said, let's hear from the girls. Um, Lexi, why don't you give us a start? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so, you're going to hear a lot about my journey, and through it, we're going to talk about just how mom has really how we've learned to grow together. Because it really is, it's not all about the parent or the child, it's about the growth together. Um, so one of the big things that we had to learn early on was how to 
approach a situation by giving advice versus processing through a situation. Um, growing up as a kid with anxiety uh, is super difficult. You're trying to learn how to be your own person and how to grow up in a world, but your mind is showing you the world in a different way. Um, so for me, the way I learned how to cope with my anxiety was I have to process through every single thing before I can do something about it. Um, my mom, on the other hand, <laughs> is a fixer. And so why think about all the things that could go wrong when you can just get her done? And that was not helpful for me in the slightest. <laughs> and, but that's not a bad quality to have at all. Right. Um, after a particularly bad interaction, and we've talked about this and I still can't remember what had happened. It was either something about school, something else. It was something about school. Probably. Mm -hmm. Like, school was a big source of anxiety for me, especially in high school. Um, but I had finally had enough. I kind of shut down and locked myself in my room and decided I'm going to write my mom a letter and tell her what she did wrong and what I need from her. Um, and the reason I wrote a letter was because um, basically with my anxiety, part of it contributes to me wanting to avoid any conflict. So conflict avoiders are not good at sharing their mind um, and sharing how they really feel. And so for me, because I didn't feel like I could say what I needed to say to her in person, not because she didn't give me that space, but because I just wasn't confident in it, um, I was like, okay, a letter's gonna work, she'll read the letter, I don't have to be there, and then we can talk about it afterwards. And so I did. I wrote two full pages front and back to my mom, essentially explaining, hey, sometimes I don't want you to fix it, I just want you to listen, and I need you to hear me as I talk through my issue. And once I'm ready to fix it, I want you to help me fix it. Um, and it was such a huge learning point for both of us because like, I learned I needed to know how to communicate how I was feeling because people don't think the way I do. Um, and mom learned, oh, I need to ask what she needs before I try assuming what she needs anyway. So now I'm able to communicate what I need with my mom. Like there are times where I'm like, don't fix it, I just need you to listen. And then maybe we can fix it later. Or like in the middle of processing, I'm like, okay, so what do you think I should do? Um, and now she knows to ask the question beforehand. Like, what, you know, what do you want from this conversation? Do you want me to help you? Do you want just an ear to listen to? And that has helped out so much to be able to even just set the tone for a conversation. Um, so definitely that asking advice <laughs> versus asking to process. Um, secondly, uh, she continues to affirm my dreams and aspirations. Um, when I, I've always been an artsy kid. I mean, would you say I was always like drawing characters? I loved cartoons, always wanted to draw characters from cartoons. Um, and I was taught how to do animation at a really early age. And um, somebody had like pointed out to me like, well, is that what you're gonna do after school, like after high school? And I was like, you can be an animator? You can do that as a job? Crazy. Um, and I was like, I guess I should, like, why not? And um, some parents might be, oh no, this person wants to do art as a career? That's not good. Um, many parents are very concerned, and I understand the concern. Um, they're concerned for their kids' future, and they want their kids to have a very stable future and have 
jobs that are plentiful, that are easy to find, that can provide for them. Um, most parents are not super into the fact that their kid wants to go into an unstable, strange career path. Um, but my, my parents, and especially my mom, were very uh, encouraging about that. When I decided I wanted to go to school for it, my mom was one of my biggest champions. She um, helped me get plugged in with different people and with the school I wanted to go to. I'm a homebody, so I wanted to go to a local school, and my mom's like, well, why don't we you know, get together with one of the film professors at George Fox? I never would have thought to do that by myself. I didn't want to do that, but mom had suggested it. She's like, I can organize it, set it up, and I can go with you, and I was like, if I'm serious about this, like, I should accept that help. And it was a great conversation. I learned so much about the program, and um, it helped me get in a good space for, like, here's what I'm getting into. Um, and mom never told me not to do it, which was so nice. Like, she would ask, like, why do you want to do that? Like, you know, she would ask those questions being interested, but she never said, that's not very smart. Um, I think part of the re reason might be because she's a pastor, and some people might think that pastor <laughs> is not the best, <laughs> most, not most lucrative. <laughs> but, you know, they were never like, well, don't you want to be a pastor? Or mom, like, don't you want to be a teacher? Like, they never pushed me into any career path, but they encouraged me where I was at. Um, she also wanted to learn what I was doing. So, like, while I was in school learning these different things, she would always come to any, like, film... Uh, what's it called, like a film festival that I was at, she would come and she would support and the rest of the family and she would share what I would share online. And um, it was just so awesome to have that person in my corner because I often heard the whole, well, you can't make money doing that. And for me, it wasn't about money. It was about being able to do something that I really enjoyed and share that with other people. And mom was able to really encourage me with that. Um, and she, she does not know much about film or anything about film, <laughs> but she encouraged me in the ways that she did know. And those were being encouraging and connecting me with people. Um, so that was just kind of the best way she could have helped me through that. Um, oh, next up we got communication and boundaries. This is important for anybody. <laughs> and I think Jaylen talks about it too. But in my case, um, so during college and a little bit after graduation, I ended up uh, living with my parents full time. Uh, I was worried about being treated like a teenager and I didn't want them to always, like I think I was 21 at the time, didn't want to always be asked like, where are you going? When are you coming back? When like, how's it going? I just, I wanted that independence. But luckily, once I moved in, we made sure to have a conversation about it. Mom and dad gave me their expectations. I gave them mine. Um, there were still a few situations where they would jokingly say that they were like stalking me on <laughs> Find My Friends app on the iPhone, and that did bother me a bit, because I was like, you guys don't need to be looking up where I am, I'm fine. Um, but they had explained like there were some situations that had happened that they were worried about, so that's why they were doing it. And I understood that, but I was still able to say, hey, you know, this does bother me a bit. Um, and then after I finished college, I was in the midst of job searching, um, and mom would always ask, like, how's it going? How, like, how are things going with that? And for me, it felt like she was nagging me, which was not her intention at all, but that's how it felt to me. 
Um, so I had to let her know. I'm like, just don't, <laughs> just don't ask. Um, and we still like, this is a constant working thing. I don't know if we'll ever, ever get there with this. Um, but there are multiple times like credit card debt is one of our common conversation topics. And, um, it's something that sometimes it's just like, don't want to talk about that right now, mom. And she'll be like, okay, like she's still learning. That's the thing. We're both still learning. Um, Next, we got courageous questions in mental illness. Um, when I was hired on as a contractor for our busy season, uh, I had the possibility of getting hired on full time, so I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform, and that really ate away at my mental health. Um, I was having really troubling thoughts like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I drove into this tree and died right now. And my humor got really dark, and that's very against how I usually am, and my mom noticed. And she kept the conversation open and she really did, you know, see and notice what was going on. And she asked hard questions like, are you suicidal? And with those kind of things, you have to ask those questions. I think the question I asked you, which is a good framework for, mm -hmm. for parents is, do you feel you're going to hurt yourself? Yeah. Um, to the point of committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And that's a very straightforward question, but important to ask. Yeah. And like you can't be afraid of asking that question because there are points where we just need somebody to ask us so that we can feel comfortable in saying, well, yeah, like that's, that is how I feel. Um, and she asked how she could help and she suggested some things because at that point I didn't even know what to do. One of the things she did was just helping me remember my appointments, like so hard, but I was able to remember them. Um, and you know, it just, it helped out a lot where I needed help. She helped me find a counselor and she connected me with Living Wholehearted where I was able to get in touch with a counselor and start that process. But it was because mom said, hey, let me help you with this. Here's what I can do. Often people with mental illness or depression, um, that's the hardest piece is the action piece. So you yeah. have to ask permission. Would you like me to help you? Exactly. And um, she likes to always feel bad, but she needed that help. Mm -hmm. So, And it is, it, it is one of those things where the person has to be ready to accept your help because mm -hmm. you can offer it, but if they're not ready for that, you can't control that. Right. I was ready. <laughs> I was so ready for help. Um, and finally, just listening and encouraging me. Um, so when I started going on medication, which was one of the best things that I think I ever did, um, I started to improve a lot. And mom made sure to point out those differences of like, hey, you know, this situation would have had you catatonic, but now, like, look at you, you've solved it by yourself, you didn't cry, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And for me, like, going through it, I didn't think about it in the moment, but having somebody who was like, remember how far you've come, that was so great because it showed not only that she was watching and listening and understanding, but also that she wanted to champion the work that I had done for myself. Um, and she was always, even though our minds worked in different ways, she was always wanting to understand where I was coming from. Um, and oftentimes, like if we would have conversations, she's like, so this is what I'm hearing. Is that what you mean? And that's so important because it helps the person who is talking really be able to like, um, what's it called, process, or be able to clarify how they're feeling to somebody else. And it helps them understand it a little bit more. Um, yeah, so definitely 
that listening and then encouraging, even in those small things, I think was so important. Um, but yeah, that's that's a lot. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. a lot. That's good. So you know, now you're processing. Your your brain is thinking. Those of you who are listening. Yep. Um, all right, Jalen. What about you? Well, time to hear my side. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys will notice that we just had different growing ups, and I love that Lexi got to share first because I do think that um, with the subject of multiple children, this it can be hard to know how to parent your children so differently. And so you guys are about to see just how different we really are by kind of what we share. So. With my mom, I really, these are just a few of the things that I observed growing up that I felt like my mom did really, really well. Uh, one of them, I would say the most important would be she models habits to me. So like one time I always remember was getting up in the morning at our house and we, just to paint you a picture, our house was like right next to like wooded areas. So we had these beautiful trees and this beautiful bay window where our, our little like breakfast nook was. And I would always wake up and find my mom there reading her Bible. She didn't, you know, ask me a ton of questions, or yeah, I was hardly up some mornings. <laughs> but when I would go out there and see her there, I was always just, it was just a peaceful way to wake up and a peaceful way to come into the world. And I actually now model that to my kids. I get up before my kids are, I used to think my mom's crazy getting up before <laughs> me. Like, why wouldn't she just sleep in? But now it's such a life-giving part. So you modeling that to me was just so helpful. And then devotionals at mealtimes. This is something my mom and my dad really modeled together. But sometimes it would be lunch. Sometimes it would be dinner. Sometimes it was breakfast. But they really modeled Jesus in everyday life. And I was really, I wasn't thankful for that at the time. But now I'm really thankful for it. Because... You know, I did, when I became a mom, I wrestled with, how do I teach my kids about Jesus? How do I how do I show them about Jesus? And I realized a lot of the things that I was doing to show them about Jesus was things my parents had done. So I was really thankful for you, Mom, for doing those things. Um, the second thing that I feel like she did really well, we shared meals as a family. Y'all, this is like a lost art, I feel like, these days. But sharing meals as a family is so important. Phones down, phones away. Like, we really have a rule with our family where there's no phones at the table. Because I remember how many fun meal times we had at the table. And there wasn't any phones back then, you know? Like, there wasn't, like, not everyone had their devices. They were the little flip phones where you had to type right. numbers. Right, exactly. So having that genuine connection, having it be no tech, and then asking, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but asking the the questions that will cultivate conversation, good and hard, mm -hmm. you know? So we did this exercise called high-low, and we still do it every once in a while at our, like, family dinners and stuff like that, even though we're adult children. And I actually do it with my boys at dinner time. My, my Landon, he's five, he's like, high-low, high-low, let's do high-low. <laughs> and high-low is. High-low is, you share the high of your day, and then you share the low of your day, or whatever order you want to put it in. But it creates great conversation and allows you to talk about those challenging things. Another thing that she did that was really great that I found was we tried a lot of new things that weren't familiar. We traveled. I loved all the times that we, we didn't travel a ton, but we traveled a good amount and we tried new things. We went to new places and 
trying vegetables. I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. we were trying all the things, but I appreciated those experiences because I think it's made me appreciate experiences more now in my life. And I see how many people, you know, as I observe other people, how many people have done the same thing all throughout their living and then they're afraid to get outside of that comfort zone and you were never afraid of that. Um, another thing, face-to-face community was always modeled in our home. Um, my parents being pastors, that is like a, we always had people around and there was lots of relationship and they were modeled well. Relationships were modeled well. How to ask questions. Um, servant leadership was something that was modeled really well. We would constantly, my mom was constantly taking meals to someone if they were, you know, a new mom or sick. And it was neat to watch my mom care for people in that way. And now it's just a rhythm for me. I do think growing up with both of my parents being pastors in the church, we didn't have a lot of like just family friendships that were outside of ministry obligations or ministry in general and because when you're part of a church family they're your family especially a large church family. right especially a large church family so it would have been cool to have more more friendships outside of like my parents having more friendships and modeling that like them going out with their friends um, I also wasn't paying too much attention to your life. I was very independent right yeah I think another piece um, my mom was always available and consistent so she has always held space for me. She especially did that when um, when I was in high school. She would be available to chat, and especially now as a mom, I so appreciate that space that she holds for me where I can FaceTime her, and it's not that she'll answer all the time, but she's available for me to talk through, like, how I feel like a terrible mom, <laughs> and, and I need her, I feel like I needed our relationship so much more now than I ever have before. And so it's cool to see us bond as I'm a mother and have that kind of consistently over time. And then she also modeled personal development. So she was constantly learning and growing in her faith. She's constantly learning and growing as a leader and a person. And I've actually really enjoyed just over the last few years watching you step into even more of that that I've always seen as part of you. But um, it wasn't necessarily something I don't know if you felt like you needed to be with us and like take care of our home, but it's nice as now that you're an empty nester right. to be able to see you pursuing your dreams. And that's giving me real life to say, oh, what can I do in my life? So those were some huge things that my mom did. And then just from my two cents, advice for parents, advice <laughs> for you moms who are listening to this from the extroverted child, who's in fiercely independent. I can't even tell you, like there have been so many different times where my poor mother, parents, <laughs> I'm just smiling because your landing is that person. I know, he is. I got it back in my son, that's for sure. First things first, I would just say, I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again, model habits to your kids. You can still do that where you're at right now. It's really important. Second thing I would say is be okay hearing no from your kids. So, one thing that I have really appreciated about my mom is that she has let me say no. And it might be hard for her, <laughs> but she let me say no and have that freedom to be fiercely independent. And so when you are okay hearing no from your kids, you're also holding space for them to say yes to you. The reason I love spending time with my mom is because she's not always calling me. She is not always that 
the ball is in my court. And when we do want to spend time together, we have a great time and we spend time together. And sometimes now it's super frequent. Like it's not about the timing, it's about the mutual connection there. And I think in the saying no, um, talking about that as you're independent outside of the home too, um, that like when you want to spend time with your children and you say, hey, could we get together? They might not be able to get together at the time you want yeah. to. And so that's that thing of allow them to say no and do that. Kind of right. Thing. Yeah. Trust that your kids are going to want to say yes to you. I yeah. think that's the other piece to it. It's like they love their parents and they want to, they want to spend time with you still and, you know, have you cook them a meal and have them not cook a meal. There's some good things that come from that. Yeah. I think another thing that's really important is talk about the hard things. Um, this was something I found looking back and through lots of therapy that we didn't do necessarily as much as Not that we should have done it more. I think you just are always learning and growing but talk about uncomfortable topics like sex and drugs and some of you guys are cringing as I say these things um, Friends that are hard maybe um, race we're having lots of uncomfortable conversations right now that we're in the middle of this quarantine Having those conversations about hard topics and letting them be the way Jesus let those conversations be. You know, in the Bible, he let uncomfortable conversations with the Pharisees happen and let them think what they wanted to think and say what they wanted to say. And just trust that God's got your kids. We're going to talk about that in a second. But having those uncomfortable conversations are going to be so beneficial to you and to your kids. And if the truth is, if you don't talk about it with them, someone else well, and as we are having more conversations about this, especially as we're preparing for this, we realized I probably should have talked more. Mm-hmm. I probably should have. I, we did have sex conversations, but I probably you like Lexi said. I don't remember you talking about this topic. Well, we did, but you were so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, you're dying. I don't want to talk about it more. Right. So I think that was the thing too. I realized is I probably should have pressed in a little more gently over time. Yeah, well, and one of the one of the situations for me, I was actually sexually abused in high school, and I, my mom asked me when I finally told her about me discovering that through therapy these last few years, I, she was like, could I have done anything different to help with that? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. that's a part of my story, and it's important, and I needed that to be the case. Um, moving through here, asking questions. Seek to understand your adult children's point of view. Super important to seek to understand your adult children's point of view. It's like you're on two different planets, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're not speaking the same language. Just ask ask to understand. Some of the best questions that I've heard my mom say and some other people say are, what do you think about this? She mentioned that earlier. What do you think about this? Just find out what they think. Or tell me more about that. If you don't know what to say, tell me more about that is a great thing to be able to talk about. I've heard you say that so many times in none of your work, because of coaching, uh, that I've learned it. Mm -hmm. And and it really is like, tell me more about that, because it's a posture of learning. Mm -hmm. And then to not solve it, not problem solve it. (laughs) Yeah, no, completely. I think also learning who your kids are. There's, as we've talked about, there's gender differences that we're learning as a family now, being a family of all girls, and now I'm raising boys. I've had to learn, what are boys like? (laughs) And they're really different. And how can I, um, and I'm putting this into practice with both of my boys. They're very, like, polar opposite boys. They're also the same, and some of, they are like my 
husband and so I'm learning their gender differences and also personality differences so like as you guys have seen Lexi and I are very different mm -hmm. and if you can learn more about personality differences there's some great resources like StrengthsFinder tests Enneagram is great we talk about the Enneagram as a family um, just learning more about your kids and how they are set up in their personalities is really important next or last things let them fail let them fail. Um, I can't tell you how many times I have failed in my life. It's been a lot. Um, but I'm so thankful. I mean, think about your own successes for a second. Think about where you've gone in your life just for a minute. Where did all of those successes come from? They didn't come out of nothing. They came out of failure. And I have found in my, my short 28-year life, I'm sure I'll have many more failures to come. I had more this week, even. And we won't talk about that. But, um, How about cutting our own hair? I cut my own hair. Yeah. Hey, I cut my own hair. After she got a haircut. Hey, okay. Woo! It wasn't even that bad. But here's the thing. Don't rob your kids of the opportunity to learn and grow. I am so grateful for this, and I will forever be grateful for this. I decided to get married at 20. My mom was not excited about that, I don't think at all. She thought I was really young and held back her tongue about a lot of that. Meanwhile, her mom got married at 18. Right, so, <laughs> yes. But I am so grateful that my mom set me up for success in that way because she made me pay all of my own bills. She made us get our own apartment. She, they really didn't help much at all. And looking back on that, our finances are so stable at the age of 28 compared to a lot of my friends who have been helped by their parents maybe too much. And if I didn't have opportunities of getting into debt and having that failure, I would not be where I am today and I would not have learned what I am today. So also remember that your kids are resilient. They will bounce back. They will, they are stronger than you might perceive in your brain right now. And no matter how bad it gets, God's created us that way. He's created us to be powerful, to have his spirit within us, and he has the power to change us. And that leads me to the last thing is that trust that God is good and that he loves your kid more than you do even now that they're an adult. Mm -hmm. And he will do what he needs to create a safe space for them to fall and pick up the pieces as well. So from the extroverted one, I'm so thankful for you, Mom, and just all that you have done with us and how you've raised us. I just want to say I think it's funny how much crossover, like we're both like, you know, let your kids fail, really understand them, like listen, like... <laughs> You know, different situations, but the same lessons are still happening. Yep. And I think that's the key. I parent these two girls very differently as adult <laughs> children. They have different needs. Um, Jaylin doesn't need me to come alongside her um, in the processes. Lexi is doing life singly right now, and that's just so hard. You don't have anybody to process with. And so um, I am learning to ask permission, and I'm learning not to... Um, give advice, but to, to walk alongside with her. But um, and how we help our kids is different. You know, um, Jaylin is uh, she's got a spouse. She's learning to be independent. Um, they're talking about moving. That's a new thing we're processing. They're talking about moving to Arizona right now, and I'm getting I'm adjusting to that. Um, but so some key learnings from me um, that actually tie into what the girls have said. Remember at the beginning I said we need to be lifelong learners, and that's one of the things I wanted my girls to learn is 
Um, and I learned from my parents. My parents, my dad is 80, my mom's 75. They're um, constantly pushing themselves to learn and grow in all areas of their life, especially emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And so, um, uh, how do you become better at anything you want to do well? You become better because you learn how to do something and then you practice it. And in fact, if you want to become really good at something, you practice it a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people who play the piano, they're really good because they practice a lot. Very few of us are gifted parents without having any sort of modeling or any sort of uh, practice. So the first thing for me that was important, I had a deep relationship with Jesus as a young girl. And it was important for my I wanted my girls to learn to love Jesus on their own. So we provided, um, as they were in our home, um, uh, uh, as much as we could an environment to learn about who Jesus was. Um, but I want I wanted my girls to understand their identity is not in me loving Jesus. Their identity is loving Jesus themselves. Yeah, and you can't so, force them to find their own identity. Yes, right. <laughs> but what you can do is you can model it. And yes. so they both talked about that. Um, I did not do my quiet time out in the kitchen because it was peaceful. I, I did it because I wanted my girls to see that every day I spent time with Jesus. And I, there, but it, so there was a compromise. But then when I see the result, as they see that, and that's still my practice, um, that I'm glad that they've picked that up. And so um, I always say I want them to become independently dependent on Jesus versus on me. So the second thing is I, I want to allow them to share how they feel without getting defensive, getting upset, or reacting. Without you getting defensive. Yes, correct. Without me getting defensive. So you can't control your kids getting defensive. <laughs> no. Just very so we can only, my love my mom used to say, you can only clean your side of the street. You're only responsible for your own emotion. So when my kids are sharing things with me, I really try to, I try as much as I can to listen and not defend or um, interject. I really, and I'm getting better at this practice. Um, when we were talking about sexuality, it was 4th of July and the three of us were down at a bonfire and we Jalen was sharing kind of for the first time what you had learned about your sexual abuse as a teenager. And I remember we were walking up the hill, Lexi, you and I, and you said, was that hard for you to hear? And it is hard as a parent to realize you may have failed your child in an area that was so painful. But I said, the thing is, I can't go backwards, but I can learn from here. So um, your kids, Lexi, when she would say to me, I don't need you to fix this. It's in my nature to fix, but I've learned to listen and say, okay, what could I, what can I do? Tell me how to, to figure this out. So um, that's a real practice that you have to do, not getting defensive, um, not getting upset, but just really listening. And if you need to take it away and say, thank you for sharing that, I need to take this away and process it. Go and then process it with somebody else, you know, so that you can talk it through. Um, often we just don't want to be wrong, I think. We don't want to be wrong, and so that's where we go. Um, Remember that in this relationship with your children, you are always the older adult. They may be adults. The adults are parents. Always are parents. So you need to find your own group of friends, mm -hmm. your own therapy, your own where you process hard things of your own, and you can share some of it with your kids. But if, like, I, I'm using this example of Jay Lynn moving because if I'm dependent on Jay Lynn being here to have a close relationship then that's the wrong thinking. And so I can be, you know, I should have told her I'm sad about it, but I can... I Don't start talking about it. 
I can be, I can talk to my friends about things yes. that, and I can talk, and that helps me process. So just remember, you're the adult in that situation. So expecting your kids to provide for you emotionally um, is not the posture you want to be in. Um, oh, number four, therapy is good for you, and it's good for your family. Therapy. Or your therapy. Yay for therapy. Um, I believe that at, at, at some point in life, we all need some, somebody who helps us process through, process through our emotion. And so... As um, a professional. As yes. a professional. <laughs> That's right. And a professional gives you tools, whereas a person who listens to what's going on, they might give you advice or they might give you their wisdom, but a professional is really going to help you with tools. So um, we have encouraged therapy among our children. We've encouraged therapy uh, for ourselves. Um, so I just can't emphasize that, especially if you have stuff that's happened in your past as an adult mother that you have never processed you need to do that mm -hmm. um, time this is a hard one for me because if my kids ask me I want to be available but um, they're both encouraging me okay but you can say no mom it is okay to say no and so I have been practicing that and it's no guilt tripping no guilt tripping if you're and that's the thing sometimes kids want you to be there for everything when they're ready and sometimes you're busy. So it's working that out. And we've had good conversations about that. Jaylen talked about respecting the no. And um, you also, Lexi, like if, if I called and say, hey, can you come for dinner? And Lexi says, oh, my friends and I are doing um, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I am the nerd I'm here. The nerd. Or I'm, we're playing um, Pokemon or whatever. You know, um, I have to say, okay, no problem. When would be a good time? I'd yeah. love to see you. When would be a good time? And being more open with your schedule. The other thing is, parents, we got to plan in advance. If you want to see your kids, give them more than half day to, you know, they're... Please do. <laughs> um, respect them and what they have going on in their lives. Um, number seven, be careful of hard situations or hard conversations. Um, if you, if the only time you ask to get together with your children is to have a difficult conversation, they never want to get together with you because they're thinking, oh, okay, what have I done wrong now? Well, it trains them to be like, anytime we want to meet one-on-one, -on -one, it's always about something bad. Like, right. you don't want that relationship. Exactly. And your kids need a thousand girls for every one thing that you're going to maybe. So if I'm really concerned about my kid and I want to have a conversation, I really have to think, I can never get those words back that I say, so then they'll always know how I feel. And um, is this something I'm prepared to work through with them? So there are times where I will say to my kids, or even in a relationship I have, I'm going to process through myself first. And if I feel that that's a recurring thing that is going to um, do damage to our relationship, then I'm going to talk about it with them. If I feel like, okay, this is a one-time thing and it really bothered me, but I can process through and let it go, um, that's a good thing. Um, so just, just be careful about having too many hard conversations, I guess is what I'm saying. Welcome their friends, regardless of if you agree with how their friends are or not. My kids have had a plethora of friends, all different um, different walks of life, different personalities, some of, like Jalen's, one of Jalen's uh, uh, guys she brought home, I was, I, he was so sweet, but I worried about his family. We just made him our best friend. Because <laughs> the thing is, then they want to be at your house at least, and you'll and you be able to get to know them. Um, I, want, I always wanted to have their friends over for dinner. I wanted to have them for coffee. We made time for them. So that's an important place, even if you don't agree with 
who their friends with, get to know their friends. I want to just interject real fast yes. because um, this is so important because as you become an adult, your child is going to make friends who are by themselves and don't have a family. Right. And so be available, like invite them to those holidays. Be an open door because that means so much not only to your child, but to somebody else's child. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind as well. Very good. So um, be a soft place to fall. Mm -hmm. um, even if your child's making a bad decision and you know it's a bad decision and they're making it anyway, um, say your piece kindly and gently. You know, I, I'm not sure I agree with that decision, but I'm here for you. And then let them learn the mistake Jalen talked about. Mm -hmm. and, and then if it falls apart, then be the soft place of fault. Doesn't mean you have to, they have to still live with their circumstances. You don't have to fix their circumstances, but you're there to love and care for them unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is model. If you want your kids to be a certain way, your first question is, am I living that way? If you want your kids to be compassionate, are you compassionate? If you want your kids to be accepting, are you accepting? If you want your kids to uh, be financially responsible, are you financially responsible? So um, if you want your kids to fall in love with Jesus, are you in love with Jesus? So fix those things in your life and don't lord them over your kids, but make sure your kids understand that you love them and that you are there. Um, so the last part of our time, we just want to talk about some resources um, that we have. And one thing I love, uh, Jalen was not a reader growing up at all. Um, but in the last five years, six years of her life, she has really been a learner. And she has modeled it for me. So that's something I'm learning from her to dive a little deeper. So Jalen, will you um, kind of show, share a couple of the resources? Um, we have more resources on the list than we're going to share. But would you share a couple from your... Yeah, so a few that I would recommend highly is anything by Henry Cloud's amazing, but the two books that I really love from him are Necessary Endings, all about making necessary endings in your life so that you can have growth in your life, super huge for parents, and then Boundaries by Henry Cloud. I think too many people need a refresher course in Boundaries and why they're important. And then um, Codependent No More was a really big book for me, just in my own journey with my marriage, and I could definitely see where a parent would use a lot of what is in that book, talking about how we can um, really put ourselves first and why that's super important and not selfish, and how we can have healthy relationships with other people. And I think that's probably the biggest issue for adult moms is we have developed a codependent relationship with our daughter, and we or sons. I, or I sons. feel like yeah. moms of sons definitely. This yeah. is something I'm concerned about with my kids and very aware of. I don't want to be codependent on my sons. I want to be, you know, working with my husband. Totally. So one of the books that I would highly recommend that would be a next step for you as moms from this session is the book called Doing Life with Your Adult Children. I love the subtitle, Keep Your Mouth Shut and the Welcome Mat Out. <laughs> and it's by Jim Burns. Jim Burns is a psychologist. I read this book after thinking I wanted a resource to hand off to you after this. I found it a deeper dive into a lot of the issue-based things from our session today. Um, so he gives some great insights and great research, but particularly if you're struggling with your adult children not making the choices you wish they would make. Um, and he hits all kinds of decisions. So um, 
if you are a person of faith and your children are not making those choices to follow the same faith you did, I, it's just such a great balanced book. And I thought I could have written that book, um, <laughs> except I'm not a psychologist. So that's the first one. I love Tara Matson's book, Courageous. And um, basically, you know, this conference, Tara shared uh, in Encourage. But Courageous, what I love about it is really understanding your own identity as a person. And then great questions at the end of each chapter that develop conversation with your daughters. And, of course, you could use it with your sons, too, because I know, Jalen, you've read and Josh both said it's a book mm-hmm. for Oh, it's amazing. Also that. It's not just a plug. It's a really good book. It's a really, it's a really good, good, book. good book. All right. And then, Lexi? Yeah. So I'm not a reader. I still am not. I haven't been. I'm not. Um, but there are some great websites I want to direct you guys to if you do have children who are um, struggling with mental illnesses. Um, there's an organization called NAMI, which is National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, they provide advocacy, education, and support and public awareness so that all individuals and families affected by mental illness can build better lives. Um, So I will attach that uh, website to the PDF. And then also, Psychology Today. Uh, We've all said it, therapy is great. Um, And Psychology Today is a great resource to help find therapists in your area by like gender or faith or, you know, location. I, I can't recommend, you know, finding somebody enough, and they're such a great resource, and they have other resources there as well um, by psychologists that are top of their field. And I would say, too, if you, even if you think your child needs therapy um, and they won't go, go to therapy yourself <laughs> about to process through that. So that's part of the codependency thing. Sure. So. Um, uh, a couple of support groups I would recommend. One of the things I talked about was um, um, unpacking your own family of origin um, if you were not parented well, especially. Um, and I would recommend, it's called Untying the Knots of Your Heart. And it's uh, by a group called Aphesis. And it, it blends kind of group therapy and understanding your family of origin with discipleship. And I really like that piece of bringing... Um, how God sees, uh, we see God as a parent. So um, that link to their website is on the um, on the resource page. And then, Jalen, you had another one you wanted to recommend. Oh, Mending the Soul is an amazing, I think, for a parent, for yourself, also for your kids. Um, it just helps us to really see what abuse really is and how it can affect our relationships in our life and great 12-week um, support group that you can be a part of. So um, all of those things, hopefully you'll check out, you'll go look at the resources as well. We want to thank you for listening today. Um, Again, our contact information will be on that resource page too for you. Um, But we're just just thankful. Any last words, Jalen? I mean, you can, if you want, I do have content on Instagram. So if you want to find me at Coach Jalen Harrell, I am on there with my content that's similar to this. I know Lexi's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You like cats. Uh, cats, ducks, because I take walks and I take pictures of ducks, and then I also post art on my Instagram. You're not on Instagram yet, Mom, but yes, she is. Oh, yeah, I just did. Are you around a vegan? I don't know. I I don't know. know. <laughs> she, she asked me about advice, and I'm like, I'm the wrong person. To Either way, you guys can find us on Instagram. Yeah. This has been so good being with you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much, and um, we hope to hear from you. Yes. Bye. Have a good time.